Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Dear Lord Jesus, we gather around your word right now and we bless your word for this reason we come to church that Lord we might receive the word of the Lord and that we might be blessed in all things through Christ Jesus thank you for the privilege of being able to worship and praise you to give into the kingdom of God to meet with others who are just like us to love one another in spirit and in truth and be disciples of Jesus Christ thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen Thank you very much, everybody. And um, I just uh, came from the prayer meeting and Lord Maud said to me, what's wrong with you? Why do you, it's like you're very passive or whatever I said, because I'm frustrated. I'm walking around with about at least, well, definitely at least five messages in my head and I'm not preaching and I'm just not preaching. And I thought, no, this, you know, I got George to preach there. So now I'm going to put George off also. And uh, he's crying now. You know, he's, he's crying. He's tears of joy. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it's good to see you. It's good to be with you this morning on the Sunday morning. And uh, just absolutely a great privilege. Indeed, I have about five messages in. I walk around with notes and I write notes and I you know, just for myself and for the sake of just certain things that I just like to um, just capture in a certain sequence that they're there and then I have them filed. And so uh, when we do those things, we, we see it. But let's go and let's start off. Let's not waste any further time. It's half past eight, which gives me a nice time to get into the Word of God. We're talking about Colossians chapter number one. And today we're talking about also as a main subject, we'll get to it towards the second half of the sermon, resisting the devil triumphant in Christ. The devil doesn't stand a chance against God's people when God's people starts praying. And they pray the right kind of prayers, like intelligent kind of prayers. Now quickly show you a demonstration of spiritual intelligence of prayer. Now we sometimes read through the Bible and we don't always realize what we're reading. So I'll take it real slow here. And I've got the Bible here in front of me. It's in the book of Colossians in chapter number one. And um, if I look here and I, my eye catches verse number three. Um, no, let's take just verse number four. Colossians 1, 4. And we see Paul finds motivation. He says, since we heard of your faith, in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. Your faith and your love. Those two words, love, hope, and faith. And uh, here mentioned faith of the believers and love amidst the assembly of God like is so apparent here in this place at Little Falls. He begins to now pray. And then in verse 9 he says, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And I hope now that you do have with you a New King James translation because I, I always try to stay to as close as possible 
to the best English translation available, it's either King James or the New King James translation. So if I look at this here, it's the New King James, and uh, this is, is, is just brilliant stuff. Look at what Paul is praying for and catch it, because sometimes we just read over things and we don't get it. He says, since the day we heard it, verse 9, we cease not or do not cease to pray for you. Prayer is an ongoing thing. Notice every word of the Bible counts. And we ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's Greek word synesis, which is, uh, if you take the word synesis, that's a word for intelligence, spiritual intelligence. There's worldly intelligence that you would have as a gift set in terms of your personal intelligence coefficient. But Paul is talking about spiritual synesis or intelligence. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, and He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. It goes on. The kingdom of the Son of His love. Now, if I look here at the Bible, immediately, if you look at the King James or the New King James translation, in verse number nine, he says, I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of His will. Verse number, well, then, filled with all wisdom and with spiritual understanding. One, two, three. Number one, filled with the knowledge of His will. Two, filled with wisdom. Three, do you see it there? Have spiritual understanding. Four, look at it there. It's in verse 10. Walk worthy of the Lord. And still the prayer goes on. Walk pleasing to the Lord. And it goes on. Be fruitful in good works. In fact, all good works. Number seven, increase in the knowledge of God. Increase in the knowledge of God. Number eight, Strengthened with all might, verse number 11. Have his glorious power, verse number 10, or number 10. Have all patience, 11. Have all long suffering, 12. Have joy. Now, if you look at that list there, that is Paul's short list in but one of his prayers. Immediately in one prayer, Every word counts. Every word is important. Be filled with the knowledge of his will. Two, filled with all wisdom. Three, have spiritual understanding. Four, walk worthy of the Lord. Five, walk pleasing to the Lord. Six, be fruitful in all good works. Seven, increase in the knowledge of God. Eight, be strengthened with all might. Verse 11. Nine, have his glorious power. 10, have all patience. 11, have all long-suffering. And 12, have all joy. Just right there in the direct translation, here it is, of the Bible. This is the Bible I've got in front of me. And uh, you can see immediately how many things he prays for in, in like one or two sentences, like in a verse or two. And you have a list that he gives there of things that he prays for. I call that intelligence of prayer. Because if he talks 
For example, he says, the spirit of wisdom, and in, that's now verse number nine, spiritual understanding. That is literally synesis, that's spiritual intelligence. Not the same as natural man intelligence that you have uh, as, as part of your gift set, the way God equipped you. But this is spiritual intelligence. And spiritual intelligence can grow. And so in um, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 18, it says the, the message of the cross is folly to those who are on their way to perdition, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God unto salvation. And then if you look at the New Living Translation on that, it says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the intelligence of the intelligent. I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise and the intelligence of the intelligent. It's just what it says there in the Greek. There's a difference between spiritual wisdom. Here you have it right there. Spiritual wisdom in Colossians chapter 1, 9. All wisdom, that is um, uh, the Greek word is, is Sophia, and which, which has to do with practical uh, application of knowledge pertaining particularly here, the scriptures, and understanding, intelligent, to understand and comprehend what you're reading and apply it to your life. Uh, just a little thing there. And then um, I happen to see uh, James or Hebrews 5, 7, a powerful prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just happen to see this one, but I'll read it to you now. Um, how Jesus our Lord prayed, who in the days of his flesh we did offer up prayers when he, in the days of his flesh, had offered up prayers and supplications. That is not prosucheo in the, in the Greek. It's, it, is, it is like diasis, which is like an intense form of really praying with great intensity and motivation. With vehement cries, he literally cried out to the Father. See, you have an insight into the prayer life of Jesus Christ. And tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Just a little picture defining the prayer life of Jesus Christ, the Lord, Hebrews 5, verse 7. Now you may look at some other translations, and some of these translations are not always all that accurate, not like we're talking about here because I always go with the Greek and the Hebrew and I always check it against it. And so with that being said, uh, I, I thought about this and I was just walking around praying and I thought myself, just, I'm just making notes, I'm walking praying. So here's the sequence of what I pray. I said, Lord, a praying person, to start off with, you cannot pray. You don't pray uh, without restoration taking place between you and God. If you just read off a piece of paper what you're praying, then there's, 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 no real, there's no real emotional content, not like that prayer, Hebrews 5, 7 of Jesus. And you check that in the Amplified, the New Amplified Bible that's beautiful in there. You see the prayer life there. But if you just read a prayer off a piece of paper, then where are you going with the prayer? So I thought of myself, looking at Jesus there, I thought that a person who is a praying person, just for the sake of knowledge for you, is a bold person 
because he's sorted with God. He's restored with God. He's with God. So he's bold. He's fearless because he's filled with faith now. He can face the future because he's the prayer warrior. He's an inspired man. The Holy Spirit inspired, inspires such people. He is therefore an anointed man. He is a blessed man. He's a man of authority. He's a powerful man. He's a wise man. He's a holy man. He's a confident man. He's a word-based man. He's finally, he's a righteous man. And the prayers of the righteous are the delight of the Lord. I thought I'd just read you that and just like I'm just walking and thinking. And I thought I must just write that down quickly. And uh, because the whole list of things in life goes on. And um, you commit these things to memory, but I mean, you, you could preach that just like that, but okay, that's still not where I'm going to go. Um, if I now go to uh, the Bible, having covered this ever so briefly, I say, we go to James chapter number four, verse number seven. Now we're a little bit more careful of what we read. You need to look at Paul's prayers in the books of Ephesians and also in Colossians chapter number one particularly, where Paul is busy praying and every word is loaded. It's like he's not going to write it without it being Holy Spirit inspired and highly motivated. That's prayer that works. Spiritually intelligent prayers. Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Okay? Therefore, James 4 verse 7 says these words, Submit to God. Submit to God. Or be subordinate or be in a place of obedient submission to the Almighty God. And then it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God and resist the devil. Now, there is a word here called fortitude. It's just a word. If you take it like, let's say, from the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it would say, it is the capacity of a person uh, that is able to bear up against the attacks of the devil in this context of Scripture now, in the spiritual context. He's able to bear, he's able to handle, he's able to deal strongly with things that go wrong in life. So a person with fortitude is a person who is highly enabled. If it's fortitude that comes from God, he's able to deal with problems. Can you say amen? He can deal with problems. You can walk around in this life and you can say, well, you don't know now. The economy is sinking. You know the whole story with the power that's going. And you know now even the water. But let me tell you something. You cannot, you, you can't keep a praying believer in depression. If you've prayed and you've struck the victory in your prayer life, you'd, you're not a loser. You very well realize that God's in control of your life. You know God's going to provide. You know the Lord is in control. Can you say amen? And we pray and we know. 
So I face the future. And I tell you what, the best that the devil can give is not good enough because God is more than he. Greater is he who is in us than he is in this world. 1 John 4, verse 4. The fourth verse of 1 John 4. You are of God, little children, have overcome them, the devil and his demons. For greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. You need not fear a praying person is a boldness person, is a confident person, is an overcoming type of person, is a prevailing Christian. A praying person is very confident. He's very bold. He's into the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's into the fear of the Lord. A praying person is a person that receives the mind of Christ, wisdom from above, and he can deal with whatever the devil wants to throw at him. And by the way, just thinking now, God is, is faithful and He's not willing that anyone should be, should be tempted above that which we can bear. Above that which is common to man, the Word of God says. Common to man. The devil can only come with common things. That's all he can do. Just a couple of common things. And he catches people out because they're not sufficiently aware of the spiritual dimension. If people were more spiritually orientated, they would know from the onset that life and its problems are dealt with by God through the Holy Spirit. And praying to God and making a connection with God opens doors in the world. It happens in the Spirit. You have to crack it in the Spirit and then it happens automatically in the natural. A praying person is an inspired person, is a confident person. Praying person is a person that taps into the, what you call the spiritual intelligence. Colossians 1 verse 9. So draw near to God and He will draw near to you. But this word, resist the devil. Now, I'm, 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 I'm interested in this because, you know, it is the Greek word there called anthistomy. It is from a word in modern day language, antihistamine. Have you ever heard about that one? Now, histamine is a chemical compound which is released by human cells in, in, in reaction to either if your body has been hurt and let's say you've got a wound or something on your body or when there is something that's invasive like dust or something irritating. So people take, take these antihistamines to push out that reaction to what is wrong. Now, antihistamine is part of, anti means against, thistami means in Greek to stand against, to set up a resistance against the devil. Now, prayer life produces just that. It produces a resistance against what is wrong and would cast it out or nullify it. In fact, histamines are, it's, it's like, you talk about antihistamine, histamine is part of the human body, it's produced in the cells and uh, is functional in the human immune system. And God says that in His Word, by using the word antihistamine here, that we are to have that reaction against the aggravations, the scratches, 
the annoyances, the attacks, whatever what, doesn't matter what it is. The devil throws at us that we have got that resistance against it. It comes when you are submitting to God and you fully yield yourself in straight obedience to the Lord. You give your life to the Lord. And even there, there are degrees of commitment because a lot of people give and they don't sufficiently give themselves over to God. Now, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. Just stop there for a second. I'm telling you now that the righteous judgment of God is coming upon the nations of the world. You better know what I'm saying now. What is right with God has been right with God eternally. What is wrong in the sight of God is still wrong now, will forever be wrong. Can you say amen to that? And right now, society finds every reason under the sun to bend the rules of the Bible. But how many of you know nothing can stop the kingdom of God from advancing? There is nothing, but there is nothing. If you listen to the word of God, God says, like, you know, um, I'm thinking now in English, I'm the Lord your God led you out of the, uh, that led you out of the land of Egypt, out of the, uh, uh, out of the bondage of Egypt. Uh, you shall have no other gods before me. As I learned to, to speak, I, in fact, I was in, in, in primary school. I already knew, Honor the Sabbath, that you sanctify, that's what you're doing right now. That's why you're in the house of the Lord. Six days you will do all your labor. But on the seventh day, that's the number seven, is set apart unto God. This day you're rightly here in church and a beautiful crowd of people. Wat van jou is nie. Wat het sê is daar die Heere die hemel en aarde geskap het die sewe dag die geris. Daarom het die Heere die sewe dag heilig en dan gaan hy aan. Sê hierdie woorde, hy talks aan en I'm just quoting from the Afrikaans, this is the first thing I ever, like, just think about it, just, just think it, you know. It, it's where he says these, eer jou vader en jou moeder, honor jou vader en jou mother. Now do you think that's still the case? I said, do you think that's still the case? Honor your father and your mother. You may not steal. Let me say that again. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land that the Lord your God has given you. That you daar verleng mag word in die land wat die Heer jou God nie jou geskenk het of gegeet. You may not give false witness. You may not murder. You may not steal. You may not covet anything of your neighbor. Do you think those things are still there? Do you think God still says, that's the way? Do you think that is part of God to think that way? Give it to Moses, give it to the people. We talk about the Ten Commandments. By the way, in case you're wondering where it is, it's in, it's in Exodus chapter number 20. 
And right then God goes to the other side in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And then He says, if you don't listen to these things, then there's going to be trouble for you. In fact, He, he begins by saying, if you, if you take heed of the Word of the Lord your God, to do all these things that I've commanded you, then, and there's the list of the blessings that come upon people. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from 1 to verse 14. From verse 15 to the rest of the chapter is a huge list of curses that come upon people, societies, governments of the world, peoples of every tribe, country, kindred, nation, of whichever geographical site they might find themselves on the planet. You are still on God's property, the earth. He has created you. If He says no, that means no. And by the way, I can't bless what He has prohibited or even declared it to be under a curse. I can't. I get myself into trouble when I sanction and bless that which is wrong in the lives of people surrounding me. Welcome to Little Falls No Compromise Christian Center, my friend. Okay. Now, having said this, resistance is not just antihistamine. It is something that anti means to stand against and to push and to apply pressure against. There is an aggravation. There is a problem. There are difficulties. There are constant things going wrong. When things constantly going wrong, there is most probably something wrong in the lives of a family of people. I have seen, like for example, I think of Dr. John G. Lake and his family. They were stricken with sickness. It was all over the place. His family was in such a state, and I'm talking about his, his uh, autobiography. I've got one, more than one of his autobiography books there with me and of the other resources of John G. Lake. And, uh, but he was at a place where his family was so stricken. His life was not in order. And Dr. Lake went and he prayed out. He just went out in the field. There's some trees there like a forest. And he prayed in the forest and he cried out to God. He walked around all day long, all day long calling upon the name of the Lord to just help him to come into his life. If you change, you can change other people's lives. If you've submitted, you are able to resist things that happen to other people because you have authority. The, the praying man is one with authority. You can bind, you can loose, you can withstand, you can come against whatever the devil is doing. He cried out all day. And he got his life right with God. And he went home and he fell down on his, his prayer chair, like I've got a prayer chair in, the, in my own study. He just sat down, he was tired. And then somebody came there and said, you know, there's little, there's a, a, I want a brother, a brother uh, uh, Lake, if you would come with me and just, just come pray with us there with the church people. There's somebody, a little widow, and she's sitting in a, in a, in a, in a wheelchair and, and, and she's in such a miserable state and she has got much, she, she really lives a poor quality lifestyle. Really just not a nice lifestyle. So he said, right, I'll come with you. 
So he went, but now he's already had the meeting with God. And he's already sorted and he's already filled with the Spirit, but he himself didn't even realize what has actually happened to him because praying brings God's presence to you in order to enable you to resist. A praying person is not a complaining person. Boom, right there. A praying person never is a complaining Christian. Now, I'll pray for anybody with sore toes now. And we'll, we'll just have a, a special sore, sore toe. But people that walk around complaining are people that do not pray. Period. There it is. Well, I don't know what tomorrow's going to do. You know, I don't agree with this political party and that political party and this and that and the other. A praying person is never ever a complaining person. He keeps quiet, deals with it in the presence of God, and it happens. Because once you're there, you're able to resist no matter what the devil comes and brings against you. You're actually able to deal with it quite effectively. It brings spiritual intelligence to you because you connect with 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 16. What does that say? Beloved, now we have the mind of Christ. See, so you have a cross connection right there. 1 Corinthians 2.16. The mind of Christ is the most powerful form of intelligence that can and has ever and will ever, cannot ever be, be surpassed. The mind of Christ is the mind that created this universe. By him all things were created. Can you say Amen. So there you are with the mind of Christ available as a believer because you're in constant communication with God. As a believer with the mind of Christ, you're looking at situations and you know that God is in control. I was busy making also, you know, because if I don't preach, I still, still can't, I never stop. So I'm, I'm starting doing research on nuclear Whatever is happening in the nuclear, what can, can happen to the planet with nuclear? Maybe I'll get to that in a later stage, but it gets complicated, so I don't know if I can. But with some 10,000 nuclear warheads available, <laughs> this planet can be destroyed to the point that if you, if, if you take a stove, an oven, an oven, and you take that oven, you switch it on max. You don't put nothing in the oven, you just switch it on max. Now you give the element at the top, the glow bar if you want to. Some call it the glow bar or just the element. Give it time to warm up until it's at maximum heat. And then you climb into that oven and you go and sit there. That is the effect that will happen to the planet if nuclear now starts, if it starts a nuclear war. It is the most frightening thing ever. It's at the same time the most unwise and the most stupid thing that you can imagine when people resort to nuclear devices. But that besides the point. For the person who needs sorting out, it begins. Let me read this again. 
The praying person is a person of boldness. The praying person is a fearless person. He's an inspired person. He's an anointed person. He's blessed as a person. He's a, a person of authority. He's powerful in this life. You just, you know, if Christ is involved with your life, it just makes any person who's with God all the time powerful. He's wise. He's holy. He's confident. He's word-based because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So now all reaction is word-based. You look at those prayers of the apostles in the Bible and you see how every single word said the next thing. It's that powerful. It takes me a long time to work through Paul here, but there's one prayer here in Colossians chapter number nine. So in, uh, Colossians chapter number one, verse nine. I read you verse four and then I read you verse nine. And so it's, it's like... It's like when you are with God and you submit to the Lord and you now say, devil, no. Oh, no, you don't. You know I have authority over you. You know I have power with God and power with man. You know I have the mind of Christ concerning all your stunts. You know that I know what the Word says concerning healing. What the Word says concerning deliverance, what the Word says concerning binding and loosing. Now, I'm not going to entertain you in a conversation. I'm just going to go straight back and strike you with the weapons of a warfare mighty through God and break your power and bind you in the name of Jesus. Now, he knows that. Because the moment a person resists and breaks Satan's curses against your home, against your family, takes authority and resists antisteni, antihistamine. It's like your whole system comes against that aggravation. That's it. That's enough. That's the end of the story. And you pray. Then it says a nice thing. Therefore, submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Flee from you. Now, that's just a very interesting word. I want to show you what that means. I'm going to take this one because this one's just important. The reaction of your prayer life, it says the, these words, he will flee from you. Now, what I'm doing specifically here, I have just opened up a major, the BDAG dictionary here on this. That means he will seek a place of safety away from you. Did you hear what I just said to you? When you pray, the devil will look for a place of safety. You'll get out of your life. Are you listening to me now? Okay. To become safe from danger by escaping as fast as possible in stark fear. Avoiding confrontation because of potential damage. Flee, avoid, even shun. Stay right away from that person that's a prayer warrior. And then to cease being visible, vanish and disappear. I have been blessed by God through many years by being able to see visions and sometimes while awake, sometimes while in sleep. But I remember that we went to the AFM church in Brixton, the church there in Brixton. Um, there was Dr. Hannes Jonker, Dr. Besaidno, Dr. Uh, 
uh, Muller and then, of course, Dr. Isaac Berger. They were all there. But they invited me to come along and help, help to pray, whatever, because they saw the gifts of the Holy Spirit working through me. And Dr. Hannes Jonker wanted me to become a pastoral psychologist, which is not the call of God of my life. But he said, now, you, you know, you, uh, you, please, I need you to help me. And so I went into his gathering of what he called Koinonia. We'd get all these highly educated people of the AFM church, and they were blessed people. I love them, and I, I will always do so. And uh, he, would, uh, he would just say, uh, okay, I'm a psychologist, a pastoral psychologist. I'll, I'll counsel here, and I'll counsel there. And I try to get to the bottom, but I can't find out why this person's got permanent pain. Why the pain? Why, 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 why the, this thing called pain? Hmm. I took new, new situations with that, new, new point of view concerning that, a different perspective. But, okay, so this person's tormented with pains and it doesn't stop. So I, I sat at the back. I would pray many hours as I can, that I can fit in in the course of a day. And I would pray before I go there, and I would just sit down. But as we walked into the church, he had someone in the church that he was going to have prayer for. But we walked, Mort and I walked into the church. We saw to the children, went to church, went to this meeting called the Koinonia. Maybe some of you still remember that if you do, in the AFM church. Okay? And um, I remember that uh, walking in the church, right there in the front of the church, up there, I saw a hooded person with a very evil countenance. I could see the outlines of his facial feature. They were sharp, and the nose and the hollow holes like that of a skeleton where the eyes are with flickering flames looking down on the audience. I walked in there. I noticed that if I do that, I still see him. If I close my eyes, I still see him. No matter what I do, I see that thing there. I said to him, do you see that? Do you see that? And he was there, and he was hanging in the air, and they were getting on with, they had a patient, the person was busy dying from cancer, and uh, had stomach, stomach cancer, and uh, he was just in a state. And so I looked at that, and I thought to myself, well, you know, now I've got this here, this here, I'm seeing this creature sort of hanging in the air. He's like got like a garment like a, uh, a monk of the Middle Ages with a hood over. You can't see the rest. It's all in darkness, but you could see the outline. I said, wait a minute now. And, 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 and I sit down in the chair. I notice that my body is busy shaking and I can't control it. So I sit on the chair and I do that with my legs and I catch my legs onto the bench, the church benches, I, just to keep myself stable. And I begin to pray in tongues. So I'm praying in tongues, and I see that thing there. Next thing, I hear a voice that says, Harold, they're looking for you. Dr. Yonker says, Harold, come and pray for this person. So I walked, and as I got up, I saw that thing is gone there now. He's not there. He's not there. And I walked down, there's a person dying of cancer, and he sits in a chair, and I'll never forget how the tears, big tears, like you would say in Afrikaans, in the Afrikaans language, crocodile trana, rolling down his cheeks. I looked and right behind him stood this creature, towering over him, he was going to kill him. Right there, I saw him. And then, of course, this is the strangest thing. If you pray, you're not scared. I have not a problem with fear. Not a problem. No a thing called stress does not, it's not part of my life. So I looked at this and uh, I looked in his face. 
I realized nobody was seeing him, but I could see him now clear as anything. And then I said to him in a very loud voice, I'm going to be loud now, you're warned. Are you ready for it? I said, Satan in the name of Jesus, loose this man and let him go. You can't kill him. Now go in the name of Jesus. I saw him took off and I saw him vanish. That Greek word there. The man sat on the chair. He was healed right there from that cancer. There's one thing I need to add to it. Sometime after that, he died again. He did die actually then. And they were treating him for cancer. But when they opened him up, they found there was not a trace of cancer on the inside of him. He simply had an eternal, internal bleeding condition. And he was bleeding, he was losing blood internally. Some time after that. And then he finally died. And then I realized, when the spirit of death comes to a person, you bind Satan, you cast him out of that picture. And once you've done that, you forbid him from returning. Because now he couldn't come that way. Now it comes to another thing. And if uh, artery pops and the person bleeds to death. We have authority and power. We can submit and we can resist. And he shall cease being visible. He will vanish. He will disappear out of the lives of people. If your life is word-based, if you are a prayer warrior, you've got all of these things that I spoke about. Give the Lord a praise offering. Let's stand. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, praise God a little bit in this place. It's about time for God to be praised. Shout hallelujah. Don't be shy. Give the Lord a praise offering now. Give God a good praise offering. Shout hallelujah. If you pray, you won't fear. If you pray, you won't complain. If you pray, you look to God. You will not look at circumstances. Let me repeat that. If you pray, you will look to God and not circumstances. If you pray, you will have an anointing on your life. If you pray, you'll be known as, in Hebrew, tzaddik, a wise person. If you pray, God will shake the devil and clean him clean out of your life. I can tell you many more stories, but I think some other time now. But I love you and I bless you and I'm glad to be back with you. Let me pray. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord lift up His countenance over you and be gracious to you and grant you eternal salvation and peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all God's people said. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.